Hebrews chapter 10. Uh, we're actually in the middle part of Hebrews chapter 10, verses 19 through 25. Uh, an interesting little point here. Now, before I can read you this, if, if everybody pretty much, if you've been in the class for a while, you know where we're talking about in the book of Hebrews. We're talking about this change uh, for literally for, for the Jews. It's a change for everybody, but a change for the Jew, Jewish people in the manner of worship. Uh, that would be a big change in any, any religion, but this change in the manner of worship, uh, Jews today still don't accept that. Many Jews today, Orthodox Jews, still don't accept that change. But that's what it's talking about. When you get to chapter 10, uh, you kind of get through this first part of chapter 10 that we studied last week, where it makes the last, the last point of all points that this is the superior sacrifice. What Christ did was better than any of sacrifice you've ever had before. What Christ did was an eternal sacrifice. What Christ did was the permanent sacrifice. What Christ did was the all-sufficient sacrifice, and on and on I could go. And so you read that in the first 18 verses, and then you get to uh, verse 19. Look at verse 19 real quick. Hebrews chapter 10, verse 19, it says, Having therefore, brethren... Now, uh, somebody told me a long time ago, you've probably heard this before, when I was in Bible college, somebody, uh, one of the professors said that, whenever you get to the word wherefore or therefore, stop and see what it's there for. Usually when you get to the word, when you, you read the word therefore in any passage of scripture, it's referring to what came before. In other words, I'm building this case, I'm giving you a doctrinal theological background, right? That's what you get. Hebrews chapter one to Hebrews chapter 10. You get this heavy doctrinal theological background and we've kind of been wading through that. And then he stops and says, now, now that you understand that, now that you understand that uh, Christ is better than the angels, he's better than the priest, the priestly system, he's better than Aaron, he's better than the tabernacle, he's better than the, the temple of your day, uh, he's better sacrifice. Now that he's made this big biblical case, now he gets to what I like to get to, the practical side. So what should that change? What, I believe, and, and this is my own theory of preaching, I believe it's wonderful to teach and preach, but if you can't make it practical in people's lives, I don't understand the point of it. There has to come a point of it. By the way, at Baptist churches, most Baptist churches, Baptist churches typically have an invitation at the end of a service. Maybe not in Sunday school, but in a worship service, Sunday evening service, Wednesday, we have an invitation. That's making, we, we, we want to give you a theological truth. We want to tell you how that applies to your life. And then what are we trying to get you to do? We're trying to say, listen, now you need to do something about that. Well, that's where we are in Hebrews chapter 10. Paul makes these long statements. In fact, uh, let's go back, go back to chapter 10, uh, verse, verse one. Let me just read through this and you'll understand a little better. He says this, for the law having a shadow of good things to come and not the very image of those things, can never with those sacrifices which they offered year by year continually make the comers thereunto perfect. The law was insufficient to make you perfect. The law was not designed to make you perfect. The sacrifices were not designed to make you perfect. They were designed to do just the opposite, right? They were designed to show you, you are not perfect. You can never make enough sacrifices. In the modern day, we say you can never give enough. You can never do enough to justify yourself. That's why we have a faith-based religion, not a works-based religion. And those are, by the way, all religions can divide it into those two categories. Either it's a faith-based religion, faith in what God has done for you, or it's a works-based religion, faith in what you do for God. And that's what he's saying. There is no such thing as a works-based religion. Old Testament saints didn't have it either. It wasn't because of what they did. It's because of what they believed and what God was going to do. You with me? 
Okay, so keep reading verse two. For then would they not have ceased to be offered? If they made you perfect, then that would have been, you'd have been perfect. Because the worshipers once purged should have no more conscience of sins. But in those sacrifices, there was a remembrance, again, made of sins every year. It reminds you of your sin. Doesn't remove it, but it's a reminder. Wherefore, when he, uh, I'm sorry, verse four. For it is not possible that the blood of bulls or goats should take away sins. Wherefore, when he cometh into the world, he saith, sacrifice and offering thou wouldest not, but a body thou hast prepared for me. In burnt offerings and sacrifice for sin thou hast no pleasure. Then said I, then said Christ, lo, I come in the volume of the book. It is written of me to do thy will. Uh, so he quotes this Old Testament passage from the book of Psalms. I think it's Psalms chapter 40. And he says, that applies to me. That applies to Christ. He was the ultimate sacrifice. Verse 8, above when, he, uh, above when he said, Sacrifice and offering and burnt offering and offering for sin thou wouldest not. Neither hast pleasure therein uh, which are offered by the law. The sacrifices never made, never pleased God, never satiated, never paid the price. They, just made, they were just a temporary covering. Verse 9, so said he, Lo, I come to do thy will, O God, and he taketh away the first, that he may establish the second. Their Old Testament's done away with completed, finished in the New Testament concept, uh, by, the, by the which we're, we are all sanctified through the offering of the body of Jesus Christ once for all. Some great verses here. And every priest standeth daily ministering offerings, oftentimes the same sacrifices, which can never take away sin. By the way, that applies to the New Testament too. Nothing you can do takes away your sin. I can sin and I can ask forgiveness for it, but I can't do anything to take away from it. God's the only one who can take away my sin. Amen? Nothing I can do. Uh, verse 12, but this man, Christ, after he had offered one sacrifice for sins forever, sat down on the right hand of God. From henceforth, expecting till his enemies be made his footstool. For by one offering, he hath perfected forever them that are sanctified. I love these verses. Whereof the Holy Ghost also is witness to us, for after that he had said before, this is the covenant I will make with them after those days, saith the Lord. I will put my laws in their hearts. It's not an external thing, it's what? It's an internal thing. It's not what I'm doing out here. It's what I believe in here. You do agree with that, right? Amen? The internal belief is what produces the external work, works. Not because that gets me saved, but because I already am saved. And that's the whole concept there. And I, in their minds, I will write them. And in their, sin, and their sins and their iniquities, I will remember no more. Now, where remission of these is, there is no more offering for sin. So he's just shut down. Understand, Paul's just shut down the entire Jewish system. Uh, every way you know to worship up to this point, that's done. The new has replaced the old. That system is complete. It's not that it was wrong. It's that it was pointing to something that's happened. It's done. So we get to that point. And then you get the word therefore. Now, just so you understand, just so you understand how drastic this would be to, an, uh, on, uh, to a Jewish, uh, Jewish uh, family at this time, uh, we read it. And, of course, we know the history. We got it all. We, we have the complete Bible. We see the whole story. But can you imagine? Uh, in fact, here's what I did this morning. I was looking at my notes. Go back to the book of Exodus. Go back to Exodus. I'm going to show you something really quick, okay? I, I don't know if it'll be really quick or not, to be honest with you, but I'll, I'll go as fast, I'll go as slow as I can. Uh, Exodus chapter 28. Now, Exodus chapter 28 uh, you're going to read some, uh, some I'm just going to read you a verse and then I'll make a commentary on it later. Exodus chapter 28, look at verse 40. Exodus 28, 40, uh, we're talking about uh, the priesthood, we're talking about uh, Aaron's sons, and we're talking about what those sons had to do. And he makes these statements about that. And Aaron's sons, thou shalt make coats for them, 
uh, thou shalt make coats, and thou shalt make for them girdles, and bonnets shalt thou make for them for glory and beauty. And thou shalt put upon Aaron thy brother and his sons with him, and shalt anoint them, and consecrate them, and sanctify them, that they may minister me in the priest's office. And thou shalt make linen breeches to cover their nakedness, for the loins even to the thighs shall they reach. And they shall be upon Aaron and upon his sons when they come into the tabernacle of a congregation, or when they minister near the altar to minister in the holy place, that they bear not iniquity. Uh, Now notice the next two words. If they don't do this exactly as I have prescribed. Now you can go back to uh, all the way to Exodus 26, Exodus 27, Exodus 28. We'll talk about the holy place. We'll talk about the holy of holies. And then he gets into the sacrifice and how that has to be done. And he, and he says, makes a statement. And if they don't do it the way that I prescribe, what happens? Somebody tell me what happens. It's real simple. They die. God will kill them. Now, understand in your mind, okay, you're, you're an Old Testament Jew, even in this time frame when Paul's writing this, you know about the temple, you're not the tabernacle anymore, but you, you have the temple now. Would you approach the holy place in the tabernacle if you're, an, if, you're, if you're a Jew of this time? No, and why not? Simple answer, because you know God would. Can you imagine me then telling you Okay, it's okay to place, uh, approach the holy place. In fact, it's okay for you to go into the holy of holies. Uh, no, it's not. I, I, my, my response to that would be, <laughs> no, no, no. I don't think so. Uh, you know, we, we kind of think, we kind of do that a little bit in, in, in our church today, uh, or at least I think we should. Uh, I think of the sanctuary as, you know, a place where God meets with us. Now, not the visible presence like they have, but, and I think sometimes... We don't hallow it enough. Just saying. Uh, I'm old-fashioned. I like wearing a suit and tie. And I think if I'm preaching the Word of God, I ought to, I to do that with sincerity. And I ought to have an understanding that, you know, God is meeting with His people. Right? And, and I think we've losing a little bit of that. But that's a, that's a, I don't know where I'm going with that. I just got off track there. But that's okay. Uh, I do that every now and then. So understand that. Now, now go to Exodus chapter 30. Uh, I want you to understand how these Old Testament Jews are hearing this. Exodus chapter 30, uh, and go to, let's see, let's, Exodus 30, uh, verse 18. So the Lord, verse 17, the Lord speaks unto Moses, right? And he says, thou shalt also make labors of brass, and his foot also of brass. And he talks about uh, the, the, the labor out in front of the tabernacle, out in front of the holy place. For Aaron and his sons shall wash their hands and their feet thereat. When they go into the tabernacle of the congregation, they shall wash with water. Why? Why should they do that? Well, he tells you. What happens if you don't do that? You die. Anybody getting a theme here? Uh, go, to, uh, go to Leviticus. Uh, we could go a lot of different places. I'm just going to read a few verses to you. Go to Leviticus chapter 8. Leviticus chapter 8 and, uh, and verse 35. Leviticus chapter 8 and verse 35. I'm in the wrong page. 30, 35. Uh, so, therefore, he says this, he's talking about as a sacrifice of beginning and how the Jews are supposed to wait and wait on the priests to do their job. Therefore, you shall abide at the door of the tabernacle on the congregation day and night seven days, uh, congregation day and night seven days, and keep the charge of the Lord. Why? Why do you have to do this? What will happen if you don't do this? Anybody getting, a, anybody getting a theme here? Uh, you can see the same thing. Uh, chapter 10, you remember the story of Nadab and Abihu. They offer strange fire. They didn't, they, did, they went into the holy place uh, not as prescribed. I'll say it that way. That's probably simple. And what happened to them? They died. Anybody, anybody understand, anybody understand what happens if you go into the tabernacle 
or into the temple unwashed, unclean, with the wrong clothes, if you don't follow the law exactly, basically what happens? You die. Okay, understand that is the concept, and we're talking about, by the way, physical death here, right? I mean, you walk in, you drop dead. Uh, you remember, uh, was it Uzzah uh, who reached up and touched the, uh, the Ark of the Covenant? I think it's Uzzah, I think that's the right name. I think it's in First Chronicles, but anyway. Uh, and and he, he just touched it, and what happened? He died. You can read, uh, you can read uh, I wrote it down this morning, I think it's chapter, Numbers chapter 4. You don't have to go there, but Numbers chapter 4 talks about the tribe, uh, the, part of the tribe of Levi, the Kohath, uh, Kohath, the Kohathites, their job, you can read this in Numbers chapter 4, their job was when the priest, when, when Aaron and his sons would shut down the tabernacle, so to speak, the holy place and the holy of holies, to move, you know, when they moved through the wilderness, they would shut it all down. They would cover everything. And the Kohathites, that part of the tribe, their job, they were kind of the, you know, two men in a truck kind of guys. Okay, if that may, some of you get the reference, right? Uh, they were, they were U-Haul guys. That's, that's what their tribe did. I, I'm not making light of that. That's what the, their, tribe, their tribe had a responsibility to take those things, right, and to move them. And then when they would get to wherever the, the, the cloud or the pillar stopped, uh, or the cloud of fire, uh, they would set it down, and then they would walk away. And then Aaron and his sons, that, that part of the priesthood, would then set it up. If you read Numbers chapter 4, it, it, said, it says several things about this. It, it says, if the, if the Kohathites, who have this responsibility... If in moving that, they touch the ark or they touch anything in the Holy, what happens? Anybody want to guess what happens if they touch it? They die. Now, it goes a little further in Numbers chapter 4. Again, you can read it for yourself. It goes a little further in Numbers chapter 4. If the cover comes off and they look at it, not touch it, they just look, what happens? Yeah, they die. Okay. Now, keep all that in mind. So you're an Old Testament Jew, right? Going in New Testament era now, Christ has died, and you're still worshiping in the temple of the time, and you have that same kind of high and holy respect, or you should have, right? Because you know, if I mess up, I'm dead. Okay, now go back to Hebrews, all right? With all that background, I want you to go back to Hebrews. Now look at verse 19. Because if you don't understand that, verse 19 doesn't seem like a big thing to you, right? Well, that's because we live in a different era. Having therefore, brethren, boldness to enter into the holiness, holiest by the blood of Jesus Christ. What is he telling them they can now do? They can approach God directly, just like Aaron did on the Day of Atonement. Okay, do you understand, if you're, if you're a Jew in this time, what, the, what he just said? you get it? It's like... You know, if you touch that, you'll die. If you look at it, you'll die. If you do this wrong, you'll die. If you don't dress right, you'll die. If you don't wash your hands, you'll die. And Paul goes, ah, don't even worry about that. You can enter into holiness with boldness. You can enter into God's presence with boldness now. You, can you imagine, can you imagine that being read in your church? When all you've had is, I mean, that had to be like, what did he just say? He's saying we, oh, you're crazy. I mean, they had to think he'd lost it. it. It's just a, again, when we read it, we know we can enter into God's presence in prayer, right? We don't have to go through a priest. We don't have to go through some uh, long systematic thing. We don't, uh, I would suggest you wash, but not physically, right? 
First thing, I, I don't know how you pray, but first thing, I don't know that I've ever prayed without asking God to forgive me of something first, to cleanse my heart. I mean, I, I think that's part of it, right? I, I don't want to approach God just, you know, I have the opportunity, but I don't want to be disrespectful or, or uh, what's the word, uh, glib about it, right? I think sometimes in church we get, and I'm not saying so much our church, but I think I've been, I've been in some churches, you know, on vacation, especially where I was like, okay, this is disrespectful. This is not, uh, I mean, it's just, I'm like, I'm not even in church. This isn't even church. This isn't even worship. This is just fun. Amen? Need to be careful. We can approach boldly, but I don't think we can approach foolishly. I don't think God's changed that much. I think we forget who he is. Amen? So he says this, having therefore, brethren, boldness to enter the holiest, of, holiest by the blood of Jesus by new and living way. Yeah, yeah, that's a new. And I like the fact that he said not, I know the Holy Spirit inspired it, but I like the fact that he said it's a new way, but he, said, he gave two words in description. Now, why do I think, why do you think I like that? By new and what way? Living way. If you just read through the Old Testament, if you went through uh, Exodus, Numbers, uh, you went through Levit, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, and you read Old Testament law, it doesn't sound like a living way, right? It sounds like you better, you better be watching, very careful what you do. And there was always dying, right? An animal is always dying. Every day there was always blood. And that's a new and it's a living way. I, 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 I'm, I'll be as honest as I can be. I've said this many times in this class. I am so thankful I'm a New Testament Christian. I am so I am so happy I did not have to go through that old system. I understand it was still by faith and I had to, but there were so many things I had to do to show my faith. And sometimes I remind myself, that's still true, right? Aren't there, aren't there things I should be doing to show my faith? Yes or no? If, I, if I'm a New Testament Christian and I'm really thankful for what God's done, shouldn't I be evangelistic? Shouldn't I be witnessing to people, winning people to Christ? Matthew chapter 28, right? Don't I have a commission to do that? Isn't that part of it? Shouldn't I be a cheerful giver? Isn't that part of it? Should, shouldn't I be daily in God's word reading and changing my life according to the truths that I read there? Isn't that part of it? You see, I think sometimes we look at the Old Testament saints and, and I'm guilty of it too. And I say, man, I'm glad I didn't have to do that. But that doesn't mean I, there shouldn't be some response in the New Testament saint. It's all liberty. I can do as I please. That's not, no, no. God gives you the liberty to do as he calls you to do. Not to live as you please. I can live any way I want. You, you can, but you're going to be, you'll, wait till we get to Hebrews chapter 12. Actually, wait till you get to the next verses. In Hebrews chapter 10, you're going to find out you can live as you please, but that doesn't mean you're not going to bring consequences on yourself. Can I tell you guys something that I think we've, we've all, do you understand that there are consequences for your sin today? Maybe not eternal consequences because I've been forgiven. Amen. I'm so thankful for that. But there are consequences in my life. If I choose to live outside of God's will, then I'm going to struggle. I'm not going to have peace and I'm not going to have the joy that God has for me. That hasn't, I don't know where New Testament Christians are going today, but that hasn't changed. We're thankful that we didn't have that system, but boy, we neglect this system. That won't get me, all those things I just mentioned, they won't get me saved. But that's evidence that I am saved. 
That's the things that please my Father. I know that, right? You know what pleases Him? Are you doing what pleases Him? Or let's be honest, are you doing what pleases you? I get upset when people say things to me like, well, I think it's okay to worship any way I feel like. Well, good, bad news, folks. Not true. Sorry, you, you can't worship God any way you feel like. You worship God in a way that pleases Him, not that pleases you. Boy, it got quiet in here. I don't even know where all this came from. I'm just preaching this morning. It's, but I, I think it's obvious that that's what the Scripture's saying. Keep reading. Uh, by new and living way, verse 20, which he hath consecrated for us, right? What, what does that mean? He, he's consecrated. He's, he's designed a new way for us. By the way, if he's designed a new way for us, shouldn't we follow? Okay, yeah, we, are not old, we don't have to follow the Old Testament, but we do have to follow the New Testament. Amen? Okay, you guys are getting weak on me here. Okay, uh, new and consecrated, uh, consecrated for us through the veil, that is to say his flesh, and having a high priest over the house of God. And then he throws in uh, three lettuce. You see that? Look at the start of verse 22. Let us draw near. Start of verse 23. Let us hold fast. Start of verse 24. Let us consider. Okay, so listen. Now he's get to the practical side. If that's true, right? If everything we just said is true, if you've read this letter from Hebrews chapter 1 to, he, to the middle of Hebrews chapter 9, then some things should happen. And then he says, here's some things that happen. Number one, you should, become, you should come boldly, daily, through the throne of grace. You should, you should be in prayer every opportunity you have. I have never, listen to me, I've been saved for 50 years and I have never met a person that could say to me, I pray too much. Amen? Anybody here want to tell me? I mean, if, you're, if you do pray too much, please, I, I'll have to interrupt you because you're probably praying right now. You would have to be to say that. No, I, I don't pray too much. I have never got to the point in my spiritual life, and I don't care if it's been, you know, I've, had, I've, experienced, I've been in, involved in some great church revivals. I mean, literal, unbelievable church revivals. And things get, I still don't think in those moments I was praying too much. I've never got to that point. In fact, I think what we do as Christians, we neglect prayer. Uh, I don't pray enough. I found this to be true. Maybe it's not for you, but I found this to be true in my life. Sometimes prayer's hard. <sighs> you, ever, you ever pray and you think, okay, what am I going to say next? Or I'm just tired or my mind drifts off. I have to concentrate. I have to think about prayer. But that's a great opportunity that I have that they never had. Amen? So understand it. So let it, first of all, uh, we should come, therefore, boldness in the holiest of holies by new and living way, which he consecrated for us. And we have this high priest over the house of God. So then he says this, then let us draw near with a true heart and full assurance of faith, having our hearts sprinkled, led from an evil conscience, and our bodies washed with pure water. Uh, listen to me. Listen to me. If you're saved, if you tell me you're saved, and I, and I believe most people in this class have made that profession. If you tell me you're saved, if you understand there is a new and living way, then you ought to want to remain clean and right with God so he can use you. I, 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 never, I never step behind this pulpit, never, until, I, until I've prayed. It doesn't matter how well I've prepared. It doesn't matter how, what I've written on paper. None of that matters to me. What matters to me is if the Holy Spirit is working through the words that I'm saying. And he won't be doing that if I'm living in sin. 
And if I have unconfessed sin, some of you have probably been here when there's been just a Morris message. That's sad. It just doesn't come out. I don't know. Uh, It's either the Holy Spirit or it's me. And you you pretty much know which one you want, I hope. And that's my point. I, I, I have to daily. I have to do that. And I have to make sure I'm living in a... The effectiveness of my message depends on the testimony of my life. Yes or no? Let me say that again. I'll give you another chance to think about it. The effectiveness of my message depends on my testimony and how I live my life. Yes or no? Absolutely does. Is that not also true for you? You say, well, I'm not a pastor. No, but you're a parent or a grandparent. You're an employer or an employee, right? You're a customer or or the boss. I don't know. Uh, Every relationship I have, every relationship I have, is affected by me being right with God or not right with God. Everything. Everything. And and that's all he's saying here. Look at it again, verse 22. Let us draw near with a true heart in full assurance of faith, having our hearts sprinkled from an evil conscience. Right? I need to to ask God to forgive me not only for the things that I've done, but also for what? The pattern of... you, You guys have bad thinking? Am I the only one? My mind... My mind sometimes goes places it should not go. And by the way, sometimes when it goes places it should not go, I allow it to dwell there. That's wickedness. And I have to ask God to forgive me and cleanse me of that. You know, you look at all the stuff the priest, you know, the cleansing and the white kind of robe and, the, and you had to do this. Yeah, well, so do I. Just different. It, it really hasn't changed as much as you may think. If I'm going to be effective. Now, the only good thing is, if I don't do, I'm, uh, well, I know we'll talk about this next week. I was going to say, if I don't do those things, I'm, I, I might not die. But that's also not biblically true. You guys might remember a story about Ananias and Sapphira and a couple other. Uh, I still believe, by the way, I still believe that God chastises his children to a point, And there comes a point where you go so far, God says, well, that's it. You need to come home. That's what we'll talk about next week. When you willingly sin, knowing that it's sin, and you literally, I, I don't know a better way to say this, maybe I'm wrong in saying this, but you throw it in God's face. As a Christian, when you start living, say, you know, I don't care anymore. Okay. Uh, I'm, I'm as scared, now, now don't get me wrong, but I'm as scared of that as an Old Testament priest would be, or an Old Testament Israelite would be walking in the Holy of Holies. And by the way, I think you should be. I'm preaching next week's message, but we'll get there. I think you should. I think it's, I think a lot of things happen in our lives because there are consequences for how we're living our lives. I know that's that's old timey preaching, but uh, it's what the Bible says. We'll talk again. We'll talk about that next week. So uh, number two, uh, first, let us let us draw near. Look at the verse 23. Let us hold fast the profession of our faith without wavering for he is faithful. That's promised. Well, here's a 40 minute message for you. I'm not going to go there, but we need to hold fast to the truths that we believe without wavering. We don't change the truth because of the society we live in. Can I say that again? We don't change truth because of the society we live in. 
Big thing nowadays, men are men and women are women, and that's the only two sexes there are. I don't care what the rest of the world says. I don't care how unwoke I sound. I don't care what you say about me. I don't care if you call me a homophobe. I don't care what you call me. That's what the Bible teaches. And if the society goes the other way, I'm going to stand there. Amen? You, you better be careful because, man, oh. My kids, when they, were, when they lived at home, they used to hate watching television with me. They'll tell you that. Because somebody would say something on a commercial or in a show, and I go, that's not right. That's not true. And they're like, oh, here we go. And, hey, I want them to know that's a lie. I, I, I'm still pointing out to my grandchildren, I'll be watching some of the commercial come on, and they've got two men living together in a house in a commercial, and I say, you see that? That's not right. They're trying to get you, and they're like, there's just a, one little clip in the middle. They didn't even say anything, Grandpa. I know, but they did, and you saw it, and you don't believe in that. And they're like, okay, Grandpa. That's okay. I'm gonna, I, listen, you can't change your, don't let the world change your truth. Amen? You know, a couple, they're getting to know each other. It'd be, you know, it's really good if we get to know each other. We should probably live together a little while before we get married so we can know that we should get... Uh-uh. uh-uh. That's called fornication. Amen? It's wrong. You can't... Read the verse again. I'm not making this up. Let us hold fast the profession of our faith without wavering. How many of you would agree with me? I think churches today are wavering a lot. Amen? Wow. Some of the things, I mean, when I was growing up, you know, when I first got saved, nobody even, if you talked about alcohol, there was not a church in the planet almost that said it's okay to drink alcohol. Well, now every church is okay, and even Baptist churches are okay with it. That's all right. Hang on, people. What are you doing? So, that's a great passage. Uh, let us draw near. Uh, number two, verse 23, let us hold fast. I've got to go fast here. And number 24, let us consider one another provoking to love and to good works. You know you have a responsibility, absolute responsibility to live right and do right. Amen? As a Christian, do you have a responsibility to live right and do right? You just read it. Come on. It's an obvious amen. But you know what else you have a responsibility for? You have a responsibility to help others live right and do right. Not just your family. You, you do have that responsibility. Amen? Especially you dads. And by the way, that doesn't negate, that doesn't go away when you become granddad. Not in my opinion. I, I am still, old fa- I think I'm still the patriarch of my family. That's right. I got, there's 14, there was, when we got married, there were two of us. There's 14 now underneath me. And I think I'm responsible for all of them. I tell my daughter-in-law what's wrong. You don't tell, say that. Yes, I do. Oh, yeah. I don't have, I have no, and they, they, so far they've accepted it, at least to my face. What they do behind my back, I don't know. But I, I think I have, I don't think that's, that's changed, right? I have a responsibility to my family. I have a responsibility to you. One of the things, reasons I teach a Sunday school class is because I want you to understand what you're supposed to do. I'm supposed to provoke you. I like the word. Isn't that a good word for a Baptist preacher? You say, Sometimes, how many of you ever had a Baptist preacher provoke you? Wow, that was a little too quick, Jill. I mean, that hand went up really fast, okay? I meant to good works. Provoke you to, you can raise your hand again now. Thank you. Okay. 
and that's what's, I, I don't know how many times I've been in a service and a, and a preacher's priest and the Holy Spirit used that to provoke me, to push me, to make a decision to do something. Can I tell you, that's not just my job or Pastor Monty's job. That is your job. Uh, read it again. It, 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 is that what it's saying? And let us consider one another to provoke unto love and to good works. And by the way, verse 25 makes a great statement there. Where do we learn to do that? Come on. Oh, so it's not optional that you be in church? Not forsaking the assemblies of yourselves together, as the manner of some is? Would you agree that many people have forsaken the assembling of themselves together? And by the way, he tags that with, and so much the more as you see the day approaching. And I believe this is true. I get sick and tired of churches who now are dropping Sunday night services or Wednesday services, you know, because we need more family time or whatever reason. Things are getting worse, not better. If things are getting worse, you know, I'm almost to the point where I think we should have a Monday night service and a Tuesday night service, and a, right? I, I mean, is that not, read the verse for yourself, not forsaking the assembling ourselves together as the manner of some is, but exhorting one another, and so much the more as you see the day approaching. Not so much the less, so much the more. You need this more in our society, in American society. You're crazy if you don't believe this. You need, you need preaching and teaching of God's word more in American society than you did 20 years ago. Amen? Absolutely. You need it more than you did 50 years ago when I got saved in the 70s. Things are getting worse, not better. We don't need less, we need more. I mean, we could lose less internet and less, less TV. But this we need more. Amen? Now, when you get to the next few verses, oh boy, wait a read this. I'm, I'm just going to read. Uh, I, I didn't look at the notes, but there, everything I said is kind of in there. Okay. okay, I don't know where, I have no idea what's going on this morning. I just got lost. But anyway, I look at verse 26. Now, I'm going to read these verses. You need to think about these for next week. So then he says this. Now, therefore, you need to do, if this is all true, then this is what you need to do. And if you don't, in the such as, in the such, but if we went, but if we, if we do this, for if we sin willfully after that receive the knowledge of the truth, there remaineth no more sacrifice for sin. What does that mean? But a certain fearful looking for of judgment and fiery indignation, which shall devour the adversaries. Wow. <laughs> that does not sound like New Testament stuff. You read all that Old Testament stuff, right? Death, 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 die, 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 die. New Testament, you read... Wait, you read the same thing. Whoa. We're going to talk about that now. So what happens? New Testament saints accept Christ as a personal Savior, starts living for God, and then turns away from God and lives willingly in sin and openly in sin. God's such a loving and forgiving God, He just says, that's okay. Is that what happens? We'll talk about that next week. Dearly Father, Lord, I do pray that you'll help us to live a life that glorifies you. It's so easy to get concerned about self and to get comfortable in what we, how we live. Or I think one of the things we need is a revival in our own hearts and our own lives and a revival in this very church. We've got a lot going on in February, a lot of teaching and preaching available for people, and I pray that they'll come to it. And I pray, Lord, that that teaching, that preaching will encourage and exhort them to do what's right. And I pray, Lord, while we're talking about it, as pastors, you'll help us to do the same. 
We ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, you are dismissed.